0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's ASF Weekly Science Podcast. Today, I want to talk about an apparently highly controversial topic that I don't even think should be controversial based on what I know. But it's gotten some negative attention, and I want to address where all this came from. On Thursday, ASF released a statement in favor of ABA or Applied Behavior Analysis. Is this the flavor of ABA that was used in the 1950s, that was also used as conversion therapy for gays. This type of therapy let them sit in a room and read a Bible and be told continuously that they are evil. No, that's not the ABA of today. And what is ABA? People talk about how ABA is bad. ABA stands for Applied Behavioral Analysis, and it is not one thing. Now, if it is one thing, what is it? Can you describe what's involved? Because some people would say, quote, it's a way to normalize those with ASD. It's punishing people if they don't make eye contact, which we don't want to do. It's taping our hands together when we flap them. No, in fact, it isn't. And I fear that the discussion around applied behavioral analysis because it has become inflamed, not because of what ABA actually is, but what people think ABA is because they've read about it on social media or they have actually experienced one form of ABA that may in fact have tried to reduce hand flapping or toe walking or innocuous behaviors through punishment. That was just one outdated antiquated procedure within thousands of procedures of ABA. First, I wanna pull a video from Melanie Palikia's Day of Learning that talks about ABA. She talks about her first experiences with ABA, and if I had to guess, that was about 10 years ago. Melanie, don't come at me if I've aged you. You look younger than the drinking age. She wanted to help kids learn as a skill in college, and it became a lifelong passion. I was able to teach children skills that would improve their lives.
1: Children who were unsuccessful in other settings were learning how to communicate, how to follow directions, how to imitate and play, and I was teaching them those things. Over time, I realized that it wasn't magic. It was science. I had binders full of data that showed the kids I was working with making progress. My supervisors taught me that this was the most effective way to treat autism. It was called the gold standard treatment. Sometimes it was really hard, especially when dealing with challenging behavior. But I was amazed by the work, and at the age of 20, I knew that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I fell in love with ABA. Some of you might ask, how did ABA come to be known as this gold standard for autism treatment? To understand that, we're gonna journey a little further back in time. Throughout the 1960s and 70s, when autism was first being recognized more widely, there was little understanding about how to treat autism. Autistic people were often institutionalized with little hope for participation in mainstream society. But in the 1980s, that notion started to change with the introduction of behavior modification techniques or applied behavior analysis. And in 1987, Ivar Lovas published a study that changed the way people thought about treatment for autism. He showed that 47% of children who received intensive behavioral treatment for as many as 40 hours each week achieved normal intellectual and educational functioning with average range IQs and successful performance in regular education classrooms. Most researchers today will rightfully point out the flaws in this study's research design. But at the time, this was groundbreaking research. Autistic children, who were once thought to be unteachable, made huge gains and were described as indistinguishable from their neurotypical peers. So what was this behavioral treatment? It involved arranging the environment to promote behavior change, using mass trials or repetitive practice of skills, breaking complex skills into small, discrete parts, shaping behavior with reinforcement, and ignoring or punishing unwanted behavior. Many children who couldn't communicate, couldn't follow directions, couldn't get through the day without severe aggression or self-injurious behavior, were now participating in their daily routines independently. They were talking and communicating with their parents, and they were going to school with other kids because of the progress they made in their ABA programs. This was a giant step forward from the common practice of institutionalization just 20 years earlier. So this is the one side of
0: ABA. The other side is horror stories of kids being withheld food for hours and hours or being slapped and pinched when they were exhibiting challenging behaviors. Now, these procedures of slapping or pinching, they're not done in ABA anymore. Many self-advocates who wrote a paper about this in 2021 recognize that the practices around ABA have changed, that they're not a monolith, that they encompass many different learning and developmental theories. They recognize that the ABA of the early 1960s was, which was in fact helpful in helping people move from what was then institutions to other settings where they could in fact live better lives It's not even really being done anymore. It's evolved. What we know about autism has evolved. But in her day of learning, Dr. Palikia actually listed some of the comments that unhappy customers had.
1: We don't need cookies or insulting phrases like good sitting. ABA is abuse. Can confirm, I'm actually autistic and I underwent seven years of ABA from ages 11 to 18 and it gave me PTSD from the abuse while treating me like a dog to be trained to respond to commands. ABA is abuse. ABA is conversion therapy. And last, ABA is conversion therapy for autistic people. It's torture. It doesn't prevent shutdown, meltdown, or overstimulation. It just teaches autistic people to mask pain so we aren't disruptive to our neurotypical peers. ABA hurts autistic people for neurotypical people's comfort. When I first heard these words, my heart sank. Was it possible that someone who received a treatment that I had delivered felt like it was abuse? How could that be? The kids I was working with were making progress. Their parents were happy. My primary motivation as an ABA therapist was always to help children and their families. Hearing the perspectives of these self-advocates was devastating. So I reflected on this.
0: But there were some success stories, too. In fact, there was a shift in ABA practices. She describes it here. This idea of being seen like a giant chocolate chip cookie was the beginning of a shift
1: from the traditional consequence-based ABA approaches of the time. A shift to the use of positive behavior management strategies that focus on prevention of challenging behavior instead of extinction after it occurs. Today, ABA often looks very different than it did 20 or 30 years ago. Many more behavior analysts now know more about the stages of child development and what's appropriate to teach at those stages. We also know more about how children learn and how to facilitate active engagement in their learning. ABA today is often child-led and play-based instead of teacher-led and didactic, especially at young ages.
0: Now it's been starting to drive me crazy that all the ideas, principles, behaviors of ABA, which are really ubiquitous in learning anything from potty training to study habits is being pigeonholed into pinching or withholding food. So, Along with our SAB, ASF wrote a statement to support the principles of ABA, not one particular procedure and reinforcement type that isn't even used anymore. Everyone, when you use ABA, think about what that really is. If you've been abused during the course of ABA, then I'm sorry, that shouldn't have happened to you. But ABA is not one thing. It's changed over time. And for people to call for the end of ABA may prevent many, many people from receiving the help in learning how to communicate, how to perform daily skills needed for independence, and how to live better lives. So now I'm going to read you our statement on ABA. We write this statement to share our strong support for the use of therapies based on the principles of ABA to help those on the autism spectrum and to provide examples on how the science and research behind ABA indicate that it's safe and effective in improving the functional abilities of people with autism across the spectrum and across the lifetime. We address four main points regarding the utility of ABA principles in autism intervention. Number one... Just like I mentioned, ABA is not a single protocol or a technique, but rather an approach, a set of techniques that's tailored to individual strengths and challenges. Applied behavioral analysis encompasses a wide range of approaches to intervention, including those highly structured approaches like discrete trial therapy and more naturalistic approaches like natural environment teaching. The goal of applied behavioral analysis is to promote the acquisition of skills needed to participate successfully in daily activities. Number two, ABA approaches have changed over time. The type of procedures used in the 1950s and the 1960s are different than what it is used today. Now, the very first studies around ABA interventions were groundbreaking. As I mentioned, previous to those studies, which took place almost 60 years ago, parents were told that their children would never live productive lives. The first of these therapies included mostly positive reinforcement with some punishment using something called discrete trial therapy. These early behavioral modification techniques led children going to school and being able to be more independent. It kept people out of institutions and enabled them to remain in their communities. But as our scientific understanding of autism has changed, so have the techniques used as part of ABA. Over the past 40 years, the term ABA has evolved to use a more holistic approach that incorporates developmental theories and other learning theories. Today, autism-based autism therapies that include the principles of ABA, which by the way, I want us to start using instead of calling it ABA, therapies that include Principles of ABA is more accurate, entail a much broader array of goals, assessments, supports, and accommodations that incorporate a person led approach and encourage learning through activities that are fun and engaging. It uses positive rather than negative reinforcement. The procedures involved in ABA have become more sophisticated over time, and with continual knowledge about autism and the behavioral supports that can improve the lives of people on the spectrum, they even continue to improve. Many critics of ABA have focused on punishment. Researchers have shown that positive behavior supports are most effective, and the field has evolved and continues to evolve based on a growing body of literature. ABA-based approaches, especially naturalistic Developmental, behavioral approaches incorporate ideas and practices from many other schools of thought regarding the science of learning, including developmental theory, cognitive theory, and constructivist theories. Third, research has shown that ABA interventions help people with autism. Hundreds of studies, reviews of meta-analysis collected over 40 years of research has shown that the principles of ABA, when used correctly, can lead to progress in communication, language ability, cognitive ability, academic skills, adaptive skills, and social interactive behavior in autistic people. While ABA techniques can be used across the lifespan, I will say that most of the science so far has focused on the use of these techniques prior to the age of 10. These changes lead to meaningful gains in the quality of life, like maintaining social connections and friendships, maintaining employment, and improved independence. Now, ABA can also dramatically reduce problem behaviors like aggression, destruction, and self-injury. Even the certification board for ABA therapists recommend positive rather than negative reinforcement, and that includes punishment to be used as part of behavior plans. Finally, I want to mention point four. The goal of ABA supports and therapies is not to change the essence of who someone is or to stigmatize non-harmful behaviors, but to lessen disability and help individuals and families reach their goals. It is really a mistake to throw out a whole set of techniques and principles based on criticism of practices that were made in 1960 and 1970. The goal of ABA is to maximize communication skills and minimize challenging behaviors that limit opportunities. It's not to eliminate neurodiversity. In fact, autistic adults have even acknowledged the benefits of certain interventions on the principles of ABA. Additional issues surrounding the controversies of ABA have been summarized and addressed in other publications, which you can find the references for in our statement. So all in all, the Autism Science Foundation supports the use of interventions based on the principles of ABA to help individuals of all ages across the spectrum lead their best lives. Of course, we strongly are against any program or therapy that is harmful. However, we've concluded based on the research that's out there and the evolution of ABA type therapies, that when they're rendered in an ethical manner, They are beneficial to individuals who are impacted by autism. Thank you for listening this week, and I look forward to talking to you next week.